Heat packing warehouses on the west side. From the new high-rises in Battery Park. From the breakfast carts down on Broadway. From the plaza below. From the towers themselves. Sure, there were some who ignored the fuss, who didn't want to be bothered. It was 7.47 in the morning, and they were too jacked up for anything but a desk, a pen, a telephone. Up they came from the subway stations, from limousines, off-city buses, crossing the street at a clip, refusing the prospect of a gawk. Another day, another doler. But as they passed the little clumps of commotion, they began to slow down. Some stopped altogether, shrugged, turned nonchalantly, walked to the corner, bumped up against the watchers, went to the tips of their toes, gazed over the crowd, and then introduced themselves with a wow, or a gee whiz, or a Jesus H. Christ. There was a dip before the laughter, a second before it sank in among the watchers, a reverence for the man's irreverence, because secretly that's what so many of them felt. Do it, for Christ's sake, do it! And then a torrent of chatter was released, a call and response, and it seemed to ripple all the way from the window sill down to the sidewalk and along the cracked pavement to the corner of Fulton, down the block along Broadway, where it zigzagged down John, hooked around to Nassau, and went on, a domino line of laughter, but with an edge to it, a longing, an awe. And many of the watchers realized with a shiver that no matter what they said, they really wanted to witness a great fall see someone arc downward all that distance, to disappear from the sightline, flail, smash to the ground, and give the Wednesday an electricity, a meaning, that all they needed to become a family was one millisecond of slippage. While the others, those who wanted him to stay, to hold the line, to become the brink but no farther, felt viable now with disgust for the shouters. They wanted the man to save himself, step backward into the arms of the cops instead of the sky. They were jazz now, pumped. The lines were drawn. Do it, asshole! Don't do it! Way above there was a movement. In the dark clothing his every twitch counted. He folded over, a half-thing, bent, as if examining his shoes like a pencil mark, most of which had been erased, the posture of a diver. And then they saw it. The watchers stood, silent. Even those who had wanted the man to jump felt the air knocked out. They drew back and moaned. A body was sailing out into the middle of the air. He was gone. He'd done it. Some blessed themselves, closed their eyes, waited for the thump. The body twirled and caught and flipped, thrown around by the wind. Then a shout sounded across the watchers, a woman's voice. God, oh God, it's a shirt, it's just a shirt. It was falling, 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 yes, a sweatshirt, fluttering. And then their eyes left the clothing in midair, because high above the man had unfolded upward from his crouch and a new hush settled over the cops above and the watchers below, a rush of emotion rippling among them, 
because the man had arisen from the bend holding a long, thin bar in his hands, jiggling it, testing its weight, bobbing it up and down in the air. A long, black bar, so pliable that the ends swayed. And his gaze was fixed on the far tower, still wrapped in scaffolding, like a wounded thing waiting to be reached. And now the cable at his feet made sense to everyone. And whatever else it was, there would be no chance they could pull away now. No morning coffee, no conference room cigarette, no nonchalant carpet shuffle. The waiting had been made magical. And they watched as he lifted one dark slippered foot, like a man about to enter warm gray water. The watchers below pulled in their breath all at once. The air felt suddenly shared. The man above was a word they seemed to know, though they had not heard it before.